G'day everyone, welcome to the NRL Finsider podcast, I'm JM, the NRL Finsider, coming to you solo on Sunday afternoon, about 24 hours removed from the loss to the Dragons 38-12 at Wynn Stadium. Before we kick off, just wanted to give a shout out to Wynn Stadium, I think it's one of the best suburban grounds in Australia. I think it gets left out when we talk about the best suburban grounds, when we look at Leichhardt Oval and Brookville Oval or whatever it's now called. But uh, really enjoyable, great atmosphere, good facilities, easy to get to whether you drive or catch public transport. And I think there's really good eateries and places to drink post-game, which, if that's of interest, normally ticks a lot of boxes for some. No, as a disclaimer, I'm not part of the Wollongong Tourism Board, but just a shout-out to Wynn Stadium. And uh, congrats to the St George Illawarra Dragons who comprehensively beat us last night. Pretty happy for Anthony Griffin, albeit it's at the Dolphins' expense. He and his side responded really well to those who wrote them off and I think it was a really good win. I think we made it easier for them than perhaps we could have and the Milford injury definitely hurt us. I don't think it would have changed the result but the Dragons did really well, much better side and they were brilliantly led by Ben Hunt who put in a masterful performance and taught Isaiah Katora a bit of a lesson. And I'm sure... Smarter people than me are going to have Isaiah take a look at that game and just see what Ben Hunt did in both both sorry halves. And, you know, in the first half he had the wind against him, in the second half he had it with him. And I think Katoa didn't really adjust to the conditions. He'll learn from that experience. He's 18. He's got to have these type of games. But he could do worse than go back and watch the effort of Ben Hunt who was just brilliant, I thought, for the the Dragons and a deserved man of the match. Controlled everything, controlled speed, the game, injected himself where he needed to, and his kicking game was really on point as well. So congrats to Anthony Griffin, the Dragons, and Ben Hunt. Too good, no excuses, and uh, I was wrong on that one. Team, if you're listening, did you like that? That was a bit of ad lib there. So uh, I'm picking this uh, podcasting up pretty quickly in my third effort. But we'll cover the game, not in great detail, I don't think. Just a bit of a recap of the night that was, as I said I would do on social media. Some of you were looking forward to it, so I appreciate that. No, I'm not going to address the Wayne Bennett interview, which I posted on April Fool's Day. More on that on Thursday. But let's go into the key stats from the game. And if you didn't watch the game, if you look at the key stats, it will generally paint the picture. And if you looked at the stats I'm about to read out, you'd probably nine times out of ten come up with a winner. So the Dragons had 1,714 run metres to our 1,286. The Dragons had nine line breaks to our three, 11 offloads to our five. We made 75 more tackles than the Dragons, which is 12, 12 and a half sets more. The Dragons missed 21 tackles, we missed 39. And surprisingly, we only made six errors each, which, all things considered, was pretty good, I think. That was one positive for us as well. Our completion percentage was quite high 
albeit the scoreline wouldn't suggest that. The Dragons were really aggressive early in defence. The line speed was very fast. You could tell that Griffin and the coaching staff had challenged the boys and they responded. And I think we responded pretty well in that first 20. I think the first 20 was our best 20, if I'm looking at the game again. A lot of things we did well. The Dragons in particular, though, they were up for the, that game. And as I said in the podcast, both episode one and the bonus content, the thing that concerned me about this game was the bounce back. When a side gets embarrassed, like they were against the Cronulla Sharks, I'm always hesitant to tip against them. And uh, here we go, I tipped against them with rose-coloured glasses on. But the bounce back factor is a real thing in most professional sports. When a side gets flogged, humiliated, whatever verbiage you want to put to it, they generally come out and have a good performance the week after and the Dragons really responded here. And uh, again, pat on the back to them. I did want to give a shout out to young Jack Bostock before we get into the game in great detail. I think he had a really good debut. Could have had a couple of tries. Although he's really busy, I think he was targeted. And whatever the hell he'd done to the Dragons prior to coming to the Dolphins, I don't know, but you would have sworn he was public enemy number one. I mean, his first hit-up of the game, Molo flew out of the line to really put a hit on him, but Jack dealt with it really well. And throughout the game, he copped so many big tackles. You're starting to think, like, I don't know, what what have you done, Jack? But um, I thought he handled himself really well, really impressive, actually. I... Kept a close eye on him in the trials, and I've never really doubted his attacking prowess. I just had a few concerns around the defence, which, as I said in episode one, you can coach that. I think he had a really good night. I mean, Ravalawa scored two tries on him, but one was 10 metres out. No one stopping Ravalawa from 10 metres out, and Jack come across in cover. And The second try from Ravalawa was just a good play from the Dragons. It's just good footy. You can't stop it. Um, Bird threw a really nice pass and um, we were one man down at that stage and it was short of numbers. So the stat sheet will show Ravalawa put two on him, but I don't think any wingers get to stop either try. So I thought he had a really good night. So shout out to Jack Bostock, first ever NRL player from the Shell Harbour Stingrays. Haven't got Team Mahi to fact check me, nor do we have any one fact-checking me, but I'm pretty sure it's the Shell Harbour Stingrays who wear, sorry, um, the great Mark Riddell is coaching at the moment. So great effort, Jack. And I think on that performance, any real fears I had probably have been dispelled. I still think he's got areas of improvement, but he's a 19-year-old kid. So congrats to him. Great debut. Um, let's just go through the game. What I generally do is I watch the game and then I... I I take notes and I watch the replay. So if you care to indulge me, we'll go through the notes. And uh, that should be a conversation starter. Just letting you all know, if you want to know how hard this is, go sit in your bathroom, look in the mirror and talk to yourself. (laughs) Um, So, you know, this podcasting is a bit harder than I perhaps gave it credit for. So shout out to everyone who actually has a crack at this and gets in the ring and is daring to uh, put out content. Um, So, yeah, it is harder than it looks. So I've got some notes here. Uh, I've got the right edge, 
Lemmy Elu, Milford Lee, and Ozarko were on that right edge. In that first 20, I was pretty happy with how that was going. And on the left was K Brom, Kenneth Bromwich, Katoa, Aitken, and Bostock on the left. Like the look of it. We'll note here in the eighth minute, we had a wasted opportunity where on the third tackle, Milford went to the line and as opposed to shoveling it right, chose to put in an attacking kick which went over the dead ball line. Really poor play. I think he needed to move the ball right and he could have perhaps converted there, but wasn't. we weren't punished too much because five minutes later, Osako did score a really good winger's try and Milford played a really big role in it. And the biggest criticism I've had of Milford is his inability to take the line on. And if you watch that first 17 minutes, I think he went off after 17, Milford had more intent in everything he did. When he was kicking the ball, he had intent. He had a plan. I think in games, especially the trials, and even to a point against Brisbane, he was kicking and hoping for the best. But in that first 17 minutes, he was kicking and had a plan. Kick, led the chase, made the tackle. There's intent in everything he did. And in this try from Asako, Milford takes on the line. He doesn't shovel the ball straight away. He takes on the line and has the defender ask the question, is he running, is he passing? Milford holds the ball, draws the defender. Great ball to Isaiah Katoa, which I loved, half and five-eight combining, back to the old Langer-Walders days. And Katoa puts Asako over in the corner. So after eight minutes, no, sorry, 13 minutes, I'm sitting back going, love it. Bennett has Milford up for this game. He's got to take a leadership role. He's got to take on the line. Bennett has did what Bennett always does, gets the best out of a player. And it should be happy days at 6-0. Four minutes later, Milford goes off with a hamstring injury. Um, it happens. Um, but it was pretty evident once he did go off, Again, I don't think it changes the result. Do not misrepresent me in any way in thinking it changed the result. But once he went off, our attacking structures were all over the place. Katoa didn't step up. And we had makeshift six in there. And I think Jeremy Marshall King at times was all over the place there as well, trying to play a role. But more than him later, I think he had a really good game. But once Milford went off, we... And without Sean O'Sullivan, who's arguably be, arguably sorry been our best player. Yeah, it was a really uh, different team and, again, wouldn't have changed the result, but there was def- a difference in the team once Milford went off. I think with that, um, if Milford is out for an extended period, I think Cody Nicarima will come into the halves with Katara and I think it's needed. Cody's a really good veteran player who will bring some calm to what we're doing. Um, so hopefully Cody is back. I think Bennett said as much last night, post-game, that he would be. So whilst our depth is being tested, I look at it as opportunity. And it's an opportunity now for Katoa. You know, when everything's going good, everyone patting you on the back. What is he made of now? The two losses in a row. Had a so-so game last night versus Ben Hunt. How does he respond? That's what I'm interested in now. Um, and I think Bennett will be as well. 
So we're up 6-0. Milford's off. Eight, uh, on the 18-minute mark, Waddell scores a pretty soft try, it must be said. Poor goal line defence and Lomax converts 6-all. Eight minutes later, Blake Laurie, blocker, as I think Warren Smith referred to him, I think that's his nickname. Blake Laurie scores another try. I think it's two this year for the big fella. Congrats, Blake. Burrow's over, spots Katoa on the goal line. Complete mismatch. Dragons go up 12-6. Lomax converts. Really soft couple of tries there, which is uncharacteristic for our side. I think what's important, especially at the start of you, is establishing an identity, and I think I touched on it in one episode, but our identity is around defence. And um, those two tries would disappoint Bennett, no matter who was not on the field. Um, two relatively soft tries that we haven't been conceding in the opening four rounds. 31st minute, got excited there. Jack Bostock nearly scored his first try. I tipped him to score in his debut and unfortunately he didn't cross for one, but he had two opportunities and this was his first one. I thought he was over, but he had a foot on the line, unfortunately. It was Ben Hunt in cover. Uh, it was a really good opportunity. 37th minute. Yeah, I've got a note here about the Jack DeBellin drop tackle on uh, Ray Stone. Now, if you buy the Sunday Telegraph down here in Sydney, you'd be forgiven if you didn't think there was a St George versus Dolphins game on because when I flipped through the paper today, I couldn't see any reference to it. So I'm not sure what's being said about Jack DeBellin in that tackle, but on replay it looked pretty ordinary. And as I said when Jeremy Marshall King was suspended. The tackle has to be eradicated from the game because it is a career ender for some players if it goes wrong uh, or at least could shorten a career. And it didn't look good. And I'm a big fan of Jack DeBellin, but um, I think he might be in a bit of trouble there. I'm not sure how the NRL judiciary operates these days and I won't profess to, but more on that on Thursday. So at half time, it's 12 6. You know, I'm pretty happy with how things are going, all things considered. And I think Bennett would have been too, just quietly. Actually, it was at 12-8, my apology. 12-8. It was at halftime. Because Osako kicked one on the 38-minute mark. But we returned from halftime. We really need to start strong. And unfortunately, in the 41st minute, Hammer makes his probably his first big mistake of the season when a kick from Amoni, which looked pretty innocent, Took a couple of bad bounces and got the better of the hammer and Lomax crossed. Uh, yeah, look, the Dragons played pretty simple footy, so there was nothing in that, but sometimes that happens. I know Hammer was in the right position, but, um, yeah, a couple of bad bounces and it made him look pretty ordinary, but he had a really good game, all things considered. But the score then went to 16-8. Lomax doesn't convert. And at that point, it's I think after 45 minutes, I note that both teams had completed 20 from 22, which was for 90, 91% in terms of completion percentage. So both coaches would have been pretty happy, more so Griffin at 16-8, but Bennett would have been happier with that. You know, 16, sorry, 20 or 22 in uh, completions percentage. Uh, let me start again. Let me have a sip of coffee. Bennett would have been really happy with a 91% completion percentage. So at 16-8, I still had hope. Then in the 53rd minute, Ben Hunt, who had a great game, scores one of his 
typical Ben Hunt individual tries. Just takes the line, goes through. It's then 20-22-8. And uh, Lomax had converted. This is where I'd made a note that Katoa seems to be struggling less the more experienced half out there. Pretty noticeable. I've got a note here that his kicking game is being done without much thought, considering that that subtly he was kicking into. I think it called for... No, I didn't play as a half, so I'm not telling Katoa anything that he, he doesn't know, but I think he needed to be driving that ball closer to the ground and just looking for field position. Some of those kicks in the second half that just hung up and went back towards us was quite poor and he didn't adjust. 62nd minute, Ben Hunt, who's just having a, a great game, throws a nice long ball out to Ravalawa, who runs over the cover, covering Jack Bostak from 10 out. Jack had no hope there, so if anyone's going to put that against him, well, you're a hard judge because Ravalawa, when he's in full flight, good luck pulling him down. Um, Zach Lomax kicks the conversions, 28-8. Then there's a couple really good plays here I wanted to mention, 64th and 65th minute. The first one was Sully makes a break, kicks the ball back infield, and Jeremy Marshall-King, who's having a pretty good game, is there to cover it up. Now, he had no right to be there, but Jeremy Marshall-King exemplifies what I like about this team in our effort areas. And then the 65th minute, uh, Sloan, I think, makes a, a, a line break Turns the ball inside to Lomax, who looks like he's in for a try, but who's there? Jeremy Marshall King. Great cover tackle, probably a try saver. But I thought Jeremy had a really good game. Like, I think without Milford, his game suffered. He was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades at some points. I think he defended a bit wider than perhaps he otherwise would have. But when he was running the ball, especially in that first 20, 25 minutes, when things were a bit more normal, with inverted commas, with Milford out there, he was really dangerous. And I don't think oppositions are paying the respect they probably should have to young Jeremy when he's running that ball. Um, the stats won't show what I just talked about, but I think Jeremy was one of our better players there in a, a badly beaten team. Uh, yeah, which is consistent with what he's been doing in the first two games before that suspension. On the 67th minute, Ravalawa scores his double. Nice try. Great ball from Bird. 32-8 then. Lomax missed the conversion. 71st minute. This is a great ball from Kenny Bromwich. Long ball. Cuts out Franco Lee, who was lagging a little bit. Looked look gassed, the big fella. But Kenneth, or Kenny, we'll call him Kenny for short. Kenny Bromwich throws a great long ball to the flying Asako. He makes a line break, turns it inside to Hammer, who scores his sixth try of the year. Good effort for Hammer, I think. He, uh, a good reward, sorry, for Hammer. I think he had a pretty good game outside that early second half era. And as uh, Warren Smith said, which I don't think anyone else knew about, but uh, Hammer's the first player since Bill Bailey in 1908, who for Newcastle scored, his side, scored in his side's first five games of the season. So... Congrats to the Hammer. He's got a record there with the great Bill Bailey. 74th minute, Sloan scores a try. 
really good try. Really happy for Terrell Sloan. I think he had a really poor or an ordinary charity shield and copped it from everyone, including the Illawarra Mercury, who don't really get too critical of their, their, their players. But he uh, was copping at young Terrell and he's bounced back really well. I think especially in attack, he looks very, very similar to a young David Peachy. I'm not going to compare him to Peachy, who was a really good player, played for New South Wales and Australia, but... He just glides across the field, and it was a really nice try. I really like the effort from Amaru who tried to prevent the try. Unfortunately, it looks like he may have picked up a rib injury in, rib injury in doing that. But, yeah, Terrell Sloan, good try. Nice reward for a good young player. Lone Max kicked the goal. It's 38-12. And that ended the scoring. But in the 79th minute, young Jack Bostock, in an eventful debut, as I've indicated, nearly scored in the corner, but... Terrell Sloan in a great cover tackle prevented the try. Uh, so Jack, once again, congrats, mate. Really good debut. And um, shout out to his family, I think, who were, you could hear at both ends of the ground. So good luck to Jack. Now, looking at the game, my 3-2-1, more on this on Thursday, and I'll, we'll put it out on social media. But just quickly, my three points was to Jermaine Arsako. Scored eight points, three line breaks, seven tackle low and bus, seven tackle bus, sorry, one try assist and a team high 197 metres, which was second only to Suley, Moses Suley for the Dragons. Really solid effort. If he's not the most improved player in the NRL, I'm not sure who is. But uh, he's been a great pickup for us. Two points to Jeremy Marshall King, 33 tackles. Just looked very dangerous with the ball. I would have loved to see what he could do out there if he had Milford or Sean O'Sullivan still on the field because he looked in really good rhythm early. I loved his desperation in defence. I think he's just one of those effort players who does a lot of things that don't make the stat sheet that coaches love. So two points to Jeremy. One point to Jack Bostock. Great debut, very solid. Nearly scored a couple, but he had 14 runs for 93 metres and a tackle bust. Had two errors against him which I think were in pretty tough spots, to be fair. But I think I, I liked everything I saw from Jack and um, he's done enough to keep his spot until Tessie News back and also showed Bennett that he's up to the task if he's called upon throughout the course of the season. So to wrap up, congrats to the Dragons, Anthony Griffin. Too good for us, no excuses. Um, for us, the dra- uh, for us in the next weeks I think it's really important for us we started 3-0 we're up for those games lost two in a row now now we see what we're made of as a club our depth is always questionable but you know as a lot of good sides show you can you can get the depth right and get it wrong but if, if you get the right players in there with great coaching and they're putting that effort in I think we're going to punch above our weight again, but uh, time will tell. I think Cody Nicarima is going to be important moving forward, as is Jeremy Marshall King, uh, Hammer. So whilst we're down on troops, if we can keep some key players healthy, you know, we'll go okay. I'm not. It's not panic stations. I mean, it could be better, but it could be a lot worse. So that's it. Just under 25 minutes, flying solo. And uh, what's up for us So on Thursday, episode two, Team R will be back on deck controlling the podcast and we'll have a bit more structure to what we're doing. But I uh, hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. 
unfortunately we are now three and two, but we move on to bigger and better things. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. I'm going to log off now and go watch the Formula One. Shout out to Oscar Piastri. Hopefully he can uh, score home or his first F1 points on his home home debut. And to double down on that, I hope Max Verstappen can win the race if Oscar can't and extend his lead in the championship. So until Thursday, have a good few days. More on the game coming up Thursday. More on my super coach and a few other different bits and pieces. We'll address the Wayne Bennett interview. And for those watching the Grand Prix, enjoy. Have a good Sunday. Take care.